Welcome to the Consciousness Anywhere and Everywhere podcast. I am Shannon O'Hara and I invite you to a completely new world of possibilities. Ta-da! Actions for Futures! Hello, everybody. How are you? So what is Actions for Futures? Well, it's like one of the things most people don't realize is that every action they take is part of creating their lives as they are. Mm -hmm. So if you look back on your life and you see some of the things you chose, you begin to realize how you got to where you are. What you chose created where you are today. What you choose today will create where you go tomorrow. So you've got to look and realize that every time you take an action or make a choice, you are actually creating the future that you're going to have to live in. But you never know that. One of the things when I was younger, I had I worked at a restaurant and all these guys that I worked with I, were my roommates. They would work, you know, like they'd work for two weeks really hard and then they'd take two weeks of vacation. They would be off and they'd be at the beach getting good suntans and all that. They were tall and tan and young and lovely. And uh, that's all they had. And I would work four or five days a week and always had more money than they did and always had more of everything working. Mm. And they, you know, they would scramble to get their rent together and I would have my rent together when I got there. So I was preparing for my future by the way in which I did my work. They were preparing for their suntan by the way they did their work. So what do you think gave you that difference, that willingness to acknowledge that there's a future and how to create for it? Well, it's like my parents were people who, you know, strove to achieve for the future. Okay. Yeah. And it's like my father had a chance to buy, you know, buy a lot in downtown La Jolla in 1942 for $600. And they had $600 in their savings account. Let's give everybody perspective on what that is who's not American. So La Jolla is in San Diego, which is Southern California, which is some of the most expensive real estate in the world. Um, yeah, it only be worth about $30 million today. Yeah. So that's what he means by La Jolla. Yeah. So they, you know, they could have gone from 600 to 30 million, you know, in 20 years. But my mother wanted a nice little tract house that she could control. So, you know, it's like a little later, my father found this farm that he wanted to buy that was in a place called El Cajon, which was in San Diego. And El Cajon was like a sleepy little town an hour outside of San Diego, except that San Diego grew so fast that pretty soon it was a sleepy little town inside us. Yeah. And that farm, which was $14,000, my mother wouldn't buy it. She wanted to buy a tract house for $14,000. So they bought the tract house for $14,000. Two years after they passed up the farm, a free one went through there and they got $2 million for it. Or part of it. The other part they held on to and five years later, they got $15 million for it for a shopping mall. So what was the difference between the way that your father was looking and the way that your mother was looking? 
my mother looked for the life that would be predictable and controllable. My father always looked for what would be possible. He was always looking for a bigger life if possible. But he did that as a kid. I mean, my grandfather left my, my grandmother with six kids and went to live with his mistress during the Depression. Hmm. My father went out and earned the money to get a gun and went out and shot rabbits to trade with the butcher for, you know, for flour and things like that. Mm -hmm. So my father always knew you had to look ahead for what you wanted to create. And he somehow instilled that in me without even me knowing it. <laughs> and it's interesting how you said how your mom wanted a small, predictable future. Yeah. And is the future predictable? Mm-mm. And if you're going to have only, it... It's only predictable to the degree you make it smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's what's so interesting about this conversation, ultimately, about futures, is that yeah. if you will include the future, your life isn't small, your life has to become really big. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, you've made some choices that other people think were crazy. You know, you became an Australian. And a British citizen and an Israeli citizen. I'm a bit of a citizenship collector. Yes. And I think it's wonderful because it's like no one can ever control you or where you go. Well, that was a huge priority for me was to never be limited. And so if you're taking that seriously, if that's a way to call it, if you're looking at what do you want for your life? Do you want a big, ever-expanding life or do you want a small, predictable life? Yeah, what kind of life do you want? And, you know, it's like I wanted a bigger life. And so, you know, it's like when I was in my 20s, late 20s, I bought a membership in a Holland American club. And they gave, they would have tickets on airliners that they would take you to Europe for $700 round trip. And that, in those days, in the 70s, that was really cheap. And what they did is they booked out a whole plane and they, you know, had all their people come on board. And it was, it was, you know, I decided to do that because I wanted to go to Europe. Years later, I had enough money that I offered to send my mother to Europe to see it and give her the money for it and everything like that. And she said, oh, why would I ever want to go to Europe? It's just old things. There's so much to see here in America. I don't disagree with it. There's so much to see in America. But it's like, why would you not go to Europe? And she had the idea that it's like, you don't need that because you've got everything you need in America. America is 200 years old. That's plenty old enough. You don't need things that are, you know, from the, you know, predating Christ. Right. So we're having two different conversations, and I think the one that you and I are the most enthusiastic about is the one that actually creates the future. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah. I'm trying to give background so people can see how people create their lives. The point of view you take creates your reality, not your reality creates the point of view. And there is the building block, the absolute yeah. quintessential building block of, oh my God, everything. Your point of view creates your reality. Yeah. You know, it's like I spend money on things that are worth more. I mean, it's like putting together the castle. I just got some appraisals of some of the pieces that I brought to the castle. And uh, 
you know, I paid like one picture I paid 1800 for. It's worth 8,500 euros. I paid 1800 US dollars for it. So, and another one I paid 3000 for, and it's worth 45,000 euros. So I think we should probably give some people a little bit of information about what you mean by the castle. And maybe we could take even a, few, a more few steps back yeah. um, and work our way towards that and towards okay. actions for futures. In So first, I'd like to state that you're actually the person that taught me that I could create my life. And in Thank the, you. <laughs> definitely. And it's so weird when you say create your life because I think it makes sense when you say it, but so few people are actually creating their lives. Really. Or really realize they can create their lives. Well, if you're living by the judgments of others, you're not actually creating your life. You're destroying your life in order to fit in the judgments other people make of you. And is there a future in judgment? No. No future exists in judgment. Only destruction. And so you taught me to look at what really worked for me. And you also taught me <laughs> with the hand of kindness and the, I call it the velvet hammer. And always possible, you showed me how my choices would inevitably lead to greater creation or greater destruction. Yeah. And I learned that creation was more fun. It worked better. I know. Isn't that awful? And so I had to start looking at what my choices were going to create and that's something that you've talked about for years about how every choice has multiple potential future possibilities. Yeah. And every time you make a choice and every time you spend your money, you spend your money on something and you don't know what that future is going to be, but you don't have to sort of like know it in advance. Cause I don't, I just ask, will this, you know, will this increase my future? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. I'll do it. And I think you're saying that very, it, and when you just made that statement, will this increase my future? I think a lot of people have ignored you when you said that. Um, you, say it, you say it so offhandedly, Always. it sounds like nothing, but it's everything. That question is everything. It is everything. It's like, and people don't want to know it's everything. They want to think that you have to do hard work or you have to do something else. And it's like, none of it actually works. And the cool thing is when you ask, will this choice create my future? Like literally... It'll tell you. It, yeah. And, just, and it's really easy to know what choices will work if you know that you're targeting creation. I remember years ago, years ago, I mean, this must have been 14 years ago, 13 years ago, you and I were having that, a conversation. That, by, by the way, Shannon, is not years ago for most people. <laughs> for me, it was a long time ago. Um, yeah. Another decade. And I was lost and confused and didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and da 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 And at the end of the conversation, and I'm, you know, talking to you about it, at the end of the conversation, you were like, well, I was like, I don't really know what I want to prioritize in my life. And you said, what if you prioritized ease? Yeah. And that was a revelation for me. Ease had never been what I had chosen for or from. No, you were the little Miss Sunshine who tried to make everybody happy all the time. And all it did was make you miserable. Yeah. And so from, that's a whole other conversation. And so from that awareness of that, I could choose for ease. It was literally every choice that I made, whether it was business, money, travel, body, sex, relationship, everything, food, everything. Will this choice create greater ease in my life? And if it didn't, I wouldn't go for it. And over time of making enough choices, which is, I see choices as like making an investment in your bank of consciousness or ease or future. Um, your bank, it's your bank of future. 
And so your choices are your investments. And some of those choices are like anti-investments. They like destroy your savings. Um, yeah. Those are the anti-conscious choices. True. But after enough years of making choices for ease, literally just for ease, like, will this make my life easier? Okay, I'm choosing that. Even if I thought I couldn't afford it. Yeah. You know, I had a million reasons for why I couldn't make the easier choice because I can't afford it because they'll be mad at me. I had a million reasons. But every time I chose for what would create more ease, even if it was expensive, my life got easier and easier and easier. And today you have a miserable life, right? And today I have an incredibly easy, abundant, creative, ever-expanding, light life. Yeah, I know. You know how to live, honey. And well, you taught me. And so, but this is the quintessential, what I think is really the quintessential conversation about actions for futures. And we'll talk maybe more exactly about what that is logistically. You taught me how... Choosing for greater, choosing for greater, we'll just put that as its simple form, choosing for greater, has this interesting reciprocal effect in the universe. Well, it opens the door to you to receive. Because it's like we have this point of view we have to do to get rather than we have to choose to receive. And that's incredibly important and nobody wants to get it. I say it thousands of times and 99% of the people pay no attention to me. So I've been lucky enough to listen to you say it enough times that it finally started to click into my world. And I started functioning from the gifting and receiving point of view in life rather than the giving and taking and the doing point of view in life. Yeah. And once you do, life begins to get really good. And so the ways in which you taught me how to get there were I'd come to you with complaints of, why do I have to do it and they don't? Or I'm paying more than he is or, you know, those points yeah. of view, which are if you ever are talking in terms of why you have to give more or pay more or you've done more and they haven't done enough, you know you're not in gifting and receiving. You're in give no. and take. Well, and you're also into the wrongness of things rather than the choice of things. And I held on to that for years. I mean, that took me a long time to shake that beast. Yeah. And it was destroying yeah. my marriage. It was destroying my bank account. It was making me bitter and resentful. I know, but isn't it nice to be bitter and resentful? Because that's so much like other people <laughs> in the family. <laughs> and it just didn't feel good. No. And as soon as, and so I would literally have to force myself. I'd be like, okay, stop fucking thinking like this. Can I just say that yes. that's the gift you have in life? Is you have you will force yourself to stop doing things that are crazy. Yeah. It's it was, amazing. And it was, a, it, was a, it was actually a sort of a recipe between forcing myself and also knowing this other thing that you gifted me, which was that the universe is infinitely gifting and infinitely abundant and I am not lacking. Mm -hmm. You'd ask me, how many billions and trillions of time have you asked me and a million other people, would an infinite being choose this? Yeah. And it's like, and everybody goes, well, yeah, but, yeah, but, take your yeah, but out of your rabbit butt. And see what's going on. And every time that I've chosen to, I would even, I don't think trust is the right word. It's more just like chosen to go towards the yeah. energy of, I mean, it's ultimately receiving, but I don't think a lot of people really know what that means. They don't because they think receiving means I get. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas receiving is not I get, I'm aware of. Receiving is truly I am aware of. 
And when you receive, you're aware of everything around you and everything that is occurring and everything that's possible. Exactly. It becomes a different place. And you showed yeah. me through millions of questions, conversations, wedgies, etc., etc., etc. You know, you'd be like, are you lacking? And I'd have to look at, no, it's like every time I've asked, I have been provided for. Like things always have shown up for me in ways that I never could have expected. Right, isn't that sad that life is that easy? And that is what the universe is. Yeah. And we're it's not that easy. and we're not given the tools to access. Correct. And even when you get the tools, most of the time you reject them because <laughs> it doesn't fit what you know, what everybody else has told you. Bingo. And, and that's so probably the hardest part of doing the job I do is to have people reject what I tell them that will say, you know, we'll handle the thing for them and they reject that and they go do something else. And it's like, uh, and to keep your eye on the prize, which is what yeah. you know is possible. Yeah. What do you know is possible and what would you like to create? And so flash forward to a few weeks ago, I was in Rome, Dane, Dane here was doing a big class, which he calls Maestro. And it's a very advanced class in access and it's dynamic beyond words Anyways, one person got up in the morning, um, a man named Paul from Ireland who does a bunch of stuff with Access, and he started talking about Actions for Futures. So do you want to give us a little bit more information about why you created what, – what is Actions for Futures? What do we call it? Is it a foundation, well, or an organization? Or what do we call it? It's just, it's just a super fund for creating a possibility for greater action okay. in the future. Yeah. Because the thing is, it's like we look at you know, everything in the world. And we're not trying to fix the world, which is a very different point of view. What we're trying to do is create the space where people begin to recognize what they can create. And it's like we could, I mean, we will use it for different things. We don't have a, it's not a uh, not-for-profit and it's not about being doing good and making up for damage we've done. Because from my point of view, what damage have we done? You know, what we've done is we've opened the door to people actually living from and as possibilities that will create more in their lives than everybody else's. That's not a damage. That's a possibility. And the thing is, what else is possible? And one of the things that, you know, that we've bumped up against in trying to do some of the bigger things we're trying to do is we come across banks who, like, you, you can't be doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You must be doing something illegal because you cannot make that kind of money doing a normal business. Well, everybody knows how this reality has millions of restrictions and limitations about everything. Yeah. Okay, so let me, okay, so that's Actions for Futures. It's a super fund for possibilities. Well, yeah, it's a super fund for possibilities. And the other thing, what I started out with was Project Possibilities which was we were selling tickets Actually, for people to be able to come and stay at the castle. I think you started with El Lugar. Yeah, I did start with El Lugar. And that's what, and I saw, and so Paul got up and made an announcement about Actions for Futures one of the mornings, and nobody quite got it. Like, nobody could really engage with what he was talking about. And I wanted to get up and say something, but I couldn't that morning. And anyways, class went on and da-da-da-da-da. So the last morning I got up and I, everyone was making their morning announcements and I was like, I got to say something for Actions for Futures. So El Lugar is number one means the place in Spanish and it's the title of a book that you wrote. Yeah. Which by the way, if you're out there, I'm going to put a link to that book in, their, in the show notes 
So you guys that want to read something that'll completely transform your universes in the most pleasant, spacious, mind-blowing ways, check it out. Well, it's about what we all have the ability to do that we don't realize and how land and space will nurture us and take care of us. And so that's the book and also a property project in Costa Rica that you've been yeah. spearheading for some years to develop. Yeah. And you got the idea to start with Elugar. And it was when you sort of incepted that project, it was the first time in my adult life that I was actually starting to make some money, proper money. Yeah. And it was from Access. And I had been working for a decade to get myself grown up and able to make money and functional as a facilitator. Yeah. And I looked at what you were aiming to create and I went, that's what, yes, I want to see more of that in the world. And, yeah. and it was at the point where I was making enough money that everyone was like, are you being smart with your money? Like, shouldn't you invest some of your money? Like, shouldn't you be like, what are you, are you using your money to make money? And I went, what does that mean? And so I started looking at what do I actually want to create more of an, like I could invest in Exxon. I could invest in Coke. Like, why would I put my money into these companies that aren't really creating the world I want to live in? And yeah, I started, you know, they're only interested in how much money they can get for what they do. But there are also companies that only grow four to five percent per annum. You know, and access grows sixteen to twenty percent per annum. How is that possible? And that's what the banks can't stand as we grow that much. And you have the ability to create in ways you have, you're really creating with the energy of the universe, which I feel like when yes. I say that it's like really airy fairy, like everyone's like, that's weird, but it's actually not weird. It's really literally energetic intelligence. Yes. Literally energetic intelligence. Now, if everybody functioned from their literal energetic intelligence instead of from their minds, what could we create here? And so I, chose sort of like on a whim and a bet and it was a little bit scary to me i chose to dedicate 10 percent of my annual income to the elugar project yeah and that first payment that i made i don't even know where that money went it was to you as an account i'm not even sure where we put it but it was this weird reciprocal effect all of a sudden like all my classes were growing and i had more money in my life and everything was bigger and easier and i actually saw there was a direct feedback i invested in this thing that i didn't really you know what invested it was in a future yes that even though you didn't have a concrete image of what the future was yeah. you knew yeah. it was the future you wanted to have on planet earth and it was the first time it showed me how if i was willing to gift because it had to be a gift it wasn't an investment it was a gift yeah and I started receiving. And I had never cognitively f recognized that what receiving and gifting was before then. Isn't that interesting? It was, blew my universe apart. And you continuously create these possibilities for that choice, which I'm really grateful for. Because to be honest, I don't know how to create that on a mask. Well, maybe I do in a different way, but conversation for another time you, you may in your own way know how to do it you just haven't chosen it yet but i can guarantee if anybody can choose it you can oh thank you very much you know and so i started looking at you know if i had all the money in the world what would i like to create which is yeah. you know a key gift you've given me is that yeah if you look from that place if i had all the money in the world what would i really want to create you know and it's like 
most people go, well, I want a big house and I want to live like Oprah. And I want, you know, it's like, do you? You want to spend your life making commercials for, you know, for Weight Watchers or something? You want to create your life about, you know, supporting political candidates who don't make it? What do you want to do? You know, it's like, that's this reality. And it's like, the thing is, I personally don't really want to live in this reality. I'm not that fond of it. It does not thrill me. So for me, it was Actions for Future is about finding you take an action and you buy something, like buying a ticket for El Lugar for three nights. It's like people bought tickets and for the castle, and they're now redeeming them. And it's like, and they're like stunned. Oh, so they're okay. Stunned. But let's let's talk about. So El Lugar is a is a project in Costa Rica, an incredible resort yeah. property for access consciousness. And yes. the castle is in northern Italy. Yes. Um, and it's literally a castle. <laughs> That you rehabbed? Yes. It had been vacant for 40 years. So yeah. how old, how old is the, how old was the, when was the original building? Well, the original building that was first put down on paper in 900 AD. 900 AD was the first mention of this place on the hill. And the, the house was burned down four times, and the last time it was rebuilt was in 1753. Okay. So the, the house currently is from 1753. And it was in bad shape? Uh, it just had been vacant for 40 years, and they hadn't done anything with it, and they just kind of thrown toilets here and there and, you know, ripped off all the fireplaces and done all kinds of strange-ass things. So we just put it back together. And it's like, and it was funny because the contractor wanted to modernize. You need to modernize this place. It's not going, nobody will come here if you don't modernize it. I said, people will come. And the people who have come walk away with a sense of a different world that is possible, which is great. Well, I think it's interesting you say he um, wanted to modernize it and you didn't modernize it too much. But I mean, the bathrooms are incredible. Like they are, it, it does have the modern stuff that like you get immediate hot water in your gorgeous marble yes. bathroom. Yes. You know, it's like, well, I mean, I made it elegant and useful because my point of view is things should be useful because if, if you can't use them, why have them? And it was so interesting when you first started selling the tickets, quote unquote, for staying nights in uh, Alugar and, um, at the castle, I bought some, but didn't really know what I was going to do with them. Like, I didn't really, I didn't know if, I was no, like, it. there was no real conclusion in my world. I was just like, sure, I'll get some. And I was so, because I, I was so glad that I had, because we stayed for like five nights in a, in a suite that I think you probably rent out for, it's got to be close to 900 euros a night. And yeah. we had it for $150 a night. And I was like, this is retarded. Why didn't more people do this? It's like, and what you've done there with the castle is really a masterpiece. Yeah. You know, and that's what we wanted is I wanted to create a masterpiece of timeless beauty and infinite possibility so people could see it. And if so you want to have it. And if you want to see, find out what that actually means, timeless beauty and infinite possibility, because I don't think a lot of people have a reference point for what that is. Yeah, most people don't. You want to visit Castillo de Borgogne. I can't pronounce Castillo it. Castillo de Castle Borgogne. Castle Borgogne. 
Yes, C A S A L B O R G O M E. Castillo, K A C A S T E L L O D I. Caso Borgone. And this is not a sales pitch for that. This is actually a conversation about creating a different future. Well, I mean, people come here and they just go, oh, my God, the peace, the quiet, the amazing thing. And one of the things I did is I said, no electronics here. You know, you can't have, you know, your iPad. You can't have television. You can't have any of that. You have to be able to live with the silence. And it's the one thing that doesn't exist much on planet Earth. Pretty much everywhere is becoming non-silent. Yeah. And I think that that's interesting because you've really prioritized silence and peace as yeah. something that you'd like to create. And it, I just also want to state, though, that your Wi-Fi at the castle is like incredibly good. Like that's like the high, like it's faster than my no. Wi-Fi at home in Sweden. Yes. But you see, it's like that. I went, OK, the one thing we've got to do is have the best Wi-Fi because these people have got to be on their computers. I know access people. If they can't work, they will feel thwarted. So let's not make them feel thwarted. Let's let them go ahead and do their work and stuff. But no noise. And what else is possible? Exactly. So it's like, you know, the Actions for Future was made so that you could take the action of buying something. I mean, it's like if if people gave, as just a gift, $1 a month to Actions for Future, just a gift, it would make $100 more per month. Which, and I know that doesn't make sense, but I've watched it happen. No, and it's, 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 I actually love that. Um, I love that. I think that that's an, I think that that's a really interesting experiment even to do if, if a bunch of us committed to that. Well, I'm already committed to it, so that's a no brainer, but you know, I'm going to force my husband to do it now. Um, and, and see what happens. Uh, and I think also, too, like, we'll put the Actions for Future website in the show notes for the podcast, you guys, so you can check out what it is and the vision and the conversation. And this is not about saving the world, and this is not about doing the right thing. This is a very different way of creating. This is about beginning to see the world you'd like to create. And that's the one thing I did, is I saw the world I'd like to create, and I've created it. And it's like, and people are, like, stunned. And some people hate it, and some people love it, but mostly they love it. And everybody is touched by this place. They come here, and some people just come for a visit because they don't think they can afford to stay, and they don't think they can afford the food, and they don't think they can afford, and they don't think they can afford. And then they come here, and they go, oh, my God, I am different because of this place. But that's what the place is about how the land around you and the things around you change you and create a different possibility. So that's what I want to create is places like that all over the world. Thank you. I'm grateful because I have actually had a lot of hopelessness in my world about what's going on in the world. And well, you, see, you know, you are correct. But some of the stuff you see going on in the world is sort of like, good God, how are we not going to destroy ourselves? Yeah. And why is it that the destroying ourselves is more valuable than creating a different possibility? And for me, it's not even destroying ourselves that's the issue. It's destroying nature that really hits me hard. Yeah, destroying nature and destroying the, destroying the future of the planet. Mm. And it's like, and soon... You know, any of you who are on our 
website. It's like very soon, this next couple of weeks, I'm going to send out an email at a certain time and ask you all to contribute your energy to changing the direction the earth is going, which is down the shithole. <laughs> to change it so it starts coming to life again and starts having the and breathing and eating the way it should. Because it's really sad to see. I mean, it's like one of the things I was just in Venice and it's like I watched these people walking the streets and they looked like two-dimensional cardboard cartoon characters walking because they see everything in two dimensions. It's them and me. And it's like, and it's that and me. And it's that and me. And it's like they are, they are so two-dimensional that they can't actually see the intensity of the beauty of Venice and what it is and what it was and what it can be. Mm. And... I'm just stunned that people can even walk and talk and chew gum under those circumstances. Well, I think that's a ch- real testament to the power of the body. You know, it's like yeah. a lot of times it's just the body. <laughs> yeah. No one's home, but the body still works. Yeah, the body's working even though there's nobody paying attention, you know, and the body reads the, the signs, but the people don't. So it's accessing and, and what you have this gift of awareness and access to energy that allows you to perceive so much more richness, depth, and possibility that it is literally energetically existing around all of us all the time. Yeah. It's the energetic intellect of reality. And what you were stating a minute ago about uh, sending out an email to get everyone's contribution. And it's like the thing that I just want to state briefly here at the end is what's so different about the way in which we are approaching changing the world, contributing to the world, whatever you want to call it is it's not, we're not against and we're not fixing a problem. We are literally accessing the energetics of everything, which is accessing the energetics of true possibility. Which isn't fantasy, it's the intelligence of energy. Yeah. So we invite you, um, check out some of the stuff below in the show notes if you're interested. And um, I know you're, you're never going to stop creating. Okay. You don't have to be. No, of course not. And I mean, it's just like, I just, I think it's like we're the lucky sons of bitches that have the keys to the kingdom of yeah. yes. So, God, it's so huge and it's so possible and it's just a choice. Just a choice. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Shani. You're just amazing. I, you, know, you just blow me away every time more and more. Well, and you've done the same for me. Well, Beyond I'm words. Glad I can be Love you. Right. Love you. Take care. Thank you for listening to this show. My target is to make consciousness easy to find and choose. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes and share this with somebody who you know who might be looking for more consciousness in their life. You can visit me on shannon-ohara.com or talktotheentities.com. And to learn more about the amazing tools of Access Consciousness, you can visit accessconsciousness.com and be sure to subscribe to the podcast.